Hey, you guys, I'm popping in with a different intro this uh, this episode because I want to thank new supporters out there. Uh, if you are a supporter of my podcast, I try to begin each episode with a new uh, the new set of people who have supported the podcast on Instagram, Facebook and uh, other uh, podcast apps wherever they listen to their podcasts. So I'd first like to take uh, to say thank you to some new followers, Debbie R. Brianna L, Stephanie S, Courtney D, Heather P, Yvette F, Daniel S, Katie B, Timothy C, and Kimberly C. Thank you so much for uh, supporting the podcast and all that I do. Uh, it really helps when you guys are out there supporting because I, uh, the closer I get to having a thousand downloads of the podcast and followers of the podcast, uh, means that I be- I can begin monetizing it, which means that I can pay for better equipment, better sound equipment and all that kind of thing. Uh, so that also means I can provide some, uh, merch things to, uh, to sell and to give away to uh, storytellers and listeners and do free giveaways and things like that. So uh, it'd be really amazing if, if you guys out there could continue to support by following on the Facebook, Instagram, and uh, on the Podbean or wherever you listen to your podcast. Just hit, just hit the like and follow buttons in those places and that would be amazing. Thank you so, so much out there and I hope you enjoy this episode's uh, stories, this, this episode episode's content. So uh, talk to you guys later. This is a very special episode of The Order of the Day with Jess. It is a special October episode where my guest storytellers and I will be sharing spooky ghost stories or just spooky stories. Um, It's a two-part series that is called It's Spooky Maybe. This is part one of the series in which three guest storytellers are going to tell about some experiences they have with spooky things or with ghosts and um, they have to do with local area businesses uh, in our hometown so I hope you guys enjoy it all right honey so I'm gonna we've received a story from a listener uh, named William H and I've actually known William for about 20 years oh, nice. thanks Willie yeah he he knows all things spooky because he grew up in a funeral home oh, oh yes okay. so nice. I <laughs> I have changed some names and details uh, for privacy and creative purposes, but for the most part, I'm going to share it with you the same, about the same way he shared it with me. When you say grew up in a funeral home, you mean like his family was in the funeral undertaker home funeral home business? Okay. Yes. All right. Yes. Um, cool. So, yeah. Um, before we get started, though, I have a confession to make because uh, I actually have told this story as my own before in the past. I don't think you told me, have you? Oh, I don't know. I don't think so. But I've used it. You know, people, when, when it happens to you, it's spookier. You know, if somebody thinks it happened to somebody else. Yeah, I, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. That he said, she said thing or whatever. Yeah. Okay, so in the past, you lied to others and told them it happened to you, <laughs> but it didn't. But it did happen to this person. Yeah. So, so as far as I know, the events and as far as I know and believe the events that I'm about to read to you are true. Okay. All right. So, um, I'm going to read you the story that I'm calling the Mathers House Ghosts. Mather's house. Yes. Okay. All okay. right. The hauntings of Eminem. <laughs> Sorry. Just, I, all right. My bad, babe. Go for it. 
I have just returned home for the MLK holiday. It is cold, rainy, and pretty miserable. I am walking from my car to the Mathers House Hotel to visit a friend. As I walk, I take in all the sights of this very old, very historic southern city. It is nestled on the east coast of the United States, and the fact that it is raining and freezing means the downtown area is a ghost town. All I have to look at are the old buildings that have been lovingly cared for by the Historic Society. They mean business about the conservation of these historic buildings. Therefore, most of the original buildings are still intact and restored to their former glory. Growing up here and seeing these buildings change and wake up from their slumber make them feel like old friends. However, while some of these structures are improved upon and look different with new coats of paint, the shadows are still the same. The shadows linger. Changes are made to this town, but never really in a way that sticks. I'm pondering all this as I walk toward the Mathers house at about 12.50 in the morning. The Mathers house is a large hotel on the main thoroughfare of this area in town. Have you figured out, I changed, you know, I changed the name. Have you figured out which hotel it is in town? We, by the way, we're from the same hometown as William. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I, I think, and it, it has nothing to do with Eminem, the rapper, obviously. No. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think I, I do have an idea of uh, which uh, hotel it might be. Okay. Um, All right. Yeah. The hotel was completely empty due to the weather and tourism which isn't in full swing until March or April. Springtime here is really memorable. Anyway, my friend Agnes is working as the night manager and didn't want to be alone in this very large hotel. When I say very large, I mean it's about a city block long with four floors. This version of the Mathers house has been recently remodeled. And as I said before, the conservationists in this town are serious about preserving these old buildings. So they removed some cobwebs and that was it? (laughs) The Mathers house in particular did not change much as it is by far one of the oldest buildings here now I, did, I didn't know all of this so it was built in 1851 and has a rich history serving as a hospital for civil war soldiers and and uh during two yellow fever epidemics it is rumored that during the first remodels of this hotel they found severed arms and legs in the walls and two complete skeletons in the basements i get to the hotel a little after 1 a.m and Agnes unlocks the door for me. I walk over to the fireplace in the lobby and try to dry out a little and remove my jacket. Agnes looks visibly freaked out and she begins telling me that she keeps hearing noises and voices on the floors above. In an attempt to comfort her, we ride the elevator from floor to floor and check every room and the newly redesigned restaurant area. We both felt reassured that we were alone. The hotel was absolutely empty. We return to the lobby and begin playing a game of chess. Do you think that she actually hears voices? Who? Agnes? Agnes? I mean, I don't know. Anyone that plays a game of chess is, you know, likely to possibly hear voices. Wait, did you say chest or chess? Chess. Oh, my bad. What the hell is chest? I don't know. I thought you were going to tell me. I was like, what What the hell game is did chess? I, did I say chess? You did. Oh, oops. Pretty sure you did. Anyway, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, no, Agnes probably did hear... Freaky. You know, she probably did hear stuff, honestly. I mean, although... You think I she's that, hearing the ghosts of the Civil War soldiers? I mean, 
Maybe. I don't know. There's a part of me, though, that, you know, this this building, you said it's 1851. And what year is this that this story takes place? Roughly 2000 or something? Yeah, like about 20 years. 20, 20 two, three years ago, something like that. Okay. So, yeah, about... So, it's like a 150-year-old building. So, I guess I wonder, you know, what is it that Agnes heard that made her think... Like, did she just hear, you know, something creak, like maybe a wolf settling? Or... I don't know. Did she hear what sounded like voices? Or... Well... But you said she thought she was alone, but yeah. or that she thought someone else was there, right? Well, all it says is that she heard voices and noises. So let's see what the rest of this says. Yeah, that, that sounds pretty uh, creepy, honestly. Yeah. About an hour goes by and I hear an odd sound. It, it was a ding like you might hear a xylophone make. Agnes breaks her concentration to explain that it is a motion sensor. She further explains that during the latest remodel, the hotel put in an expensive and sensitive security system. She smiles and makes some remark about how every drop of rain or falling leaf can set it off. She goes on to tell me that every door opened, every key used, or every walk down a corridor signals the desk with a ding. It seemed like a funny annoyance until a few minutes later when another ding splits the silence. Agnes walks over to the terminal that housed the video monitoring equipment and discovers that this, ti- that this time the ding was not a sensitive motion sensor, but in fact an alert that the key card entry had been used on the fourth floor. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. So whoever was up on the fourth floor in the empty hotel, this yeah. is, I like where this is going. <laughs> Please tell me that y'all rode the elevator and went up, Agnes and friend, to Let's see. investigate up on the fourth floor. Uh, it, so it says now, our imaginations are running wild and we are convinced that there is someone here with us. Agnes begins checking the camera feeds for any indication that perhaps a co-worker has unexpectedly dropped in. She is looking for any evidence another human is in the hotel besides the two of us. Uh, sorry, I'm curious. This building I'm not real familiar with. Um, is there only one entry and exit on like the main street outside? I'm not sure. I think there is an, an, a second um, exit and entrance on the, on the first floor. Okay. Well, but... So for someone to get to the fourth floor, though, I guess what I'm getting at is they would have to pass by Agnes and the friend playing chess. Well, I think there are the stair- there's stairwells and emergency exits, too. Oh, okay. I just I guess I'm legitimately yeah. curious, though, if they've already checked the building and couldn't find anybody. And then now they're playing chess exactly. and then a key card. <laughs> I mean, that's 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 pretty damn creepy. <laughs> yeah, it is. I began scanning the screens as well, but then I noticed that Agnes kept rewinding and carefully scrutinizing a 30-second video of footage of the fourth-floor hallway near the elevator. She rewinds and watches it three or four times before I ask her if everything is okay. Look, she says, and points to the pause footage. There in the grainy video, I could see a vague outline of a figure. Do you see that, she asks. Yeah, yeah, I do. Push play, I tell her. I lean in closer to make sure that I'm not missing something, some trick of light or shadow, but there was no trick. Right there on the screen, a faint human figure walks from one side of the fourth floor hallway to the other side, passing in front of the elevator doors. There is absolute silence as we stare in disbelief for a few moments. Suddenly, all the motion sensors for every door, hallway, and fire escape begin dinging in a chorus fit for a Broadway musical. 
It is so loud that we cover our ears and raise our voices and exclamations of confusion and fear. It goes on for maybe 30 seconds. I don't really know. I didn't time it, but it felt like a really long time. In an instant, it stops. Just as suddenly as it began, silence returned. Yeah, that's uh, that's actually pretty I think, creepy. I think I'd be up out of there. Yeah, well, I mean, but this hotel probably pays six. Well, this is you know, okay, four or five dollars an hour. I'm, I'm kidding. Twenty years this, ago. This sounds really creepy, though. Seriously. Yeah. It was a slow night. Oh, I'm sorry, I skipped a part. Yeah. Neither of us spoke for a moment until we heard a door slam on the upper floor. I'm calling the police. There there must be someone up there, Agnes says. We wait huddled in the security hub area of the lobby, watching and listening carefully, hoping to catch whoever it is running around the hotel without permission. It was a slow night, so the police officers knocked on the front door of the hotel only a few minutes after we called. We explained to them what occurred, and they walked around with Agnes and I, checking each floor and each room. We offered them some coffee and we all sat near the fireplace chatting about the situation. I think the officers could tell that we were both quite anxious. We calmed down and felt better knowing that the officers checked everything. They left and we went back to our chess game. Another 45 minutes or so goes by and all the while we hear a couple of dings here and there but nothing crazy like before. We just ignore it and keep our focus. We decide to go get a soda from the vending machine. As I stand to begin to follow Agnes toward the vending area, I notice that she has stopped and she has turned as white as a sheet and she's staring at the elevator doors. What is it, I ask. She points to the antique floor designator above the elevator doors. The hand is moving from one floor to the other, like the hands of a clock. My goodness. But they aren't riding the elevator. <laughs> no. No. Nobody's on the Someone, elevator. Someone's having a good time with this elevator. <laughs> Clearly, someone had called the elevator to an upper floor. We watch the hand move from the two to the three, and finally it reaches the number four. It lights up to indicate that it has reached its destination. I walk over to stand beside her, and we just stared in anticipation for what seemed like forever. Much to our dismay, we notice that the hand of the floor indicator begins to move toward the three. And then the two, each number lighting up when it reaches its landing. By the time the hand moved past the second floor landing, Agnes has already moved past me, heading for the front door. She grabbed my jacket and my sweater and she threw them at me and we made our way out. As we heard the ding of the elevator reaching the lobby floor, Agnes slammed the door and locked it tight. I pressed my face close to the door to see what came out of the elevator, but she yanked on my arm and told me that was a dumb idea. We spent the next several hours sitting in her car out front, turning the heat on and off trying to keep warm. After a while, the day manager showed up. He came over and knocked on her window asking, why are you out here? Why have you left your post? She rolled down the window, shook her head no, handed him the keys and drove away. We are still friends to this day, but we have never discussed the events of that night. Huh. Yeah, that, uh, that actually sounds pretty creepy. Yeah. Well, especially just, I mean, uh, you know, it's hard for me to say without being in the building and knowing, but it kind of sounds like to get to where the elevator is or maybe the stairs in the back or whatever, you yeah. would have to walk through like the common area where Agnes well, and the... I mean, if all the security, if a Willie human, were. if a human person has come into the, to the 
hotel, it would have been seen by the cameras and the dings. Well, and you, I mean, but you would also see them, they would have also seen them sitting there. And I feel like what makes that even a little bit creepier is the fact that they initially, you know, they heard the dinging or whatever, but then there was the, the machine, the system, the security system registered that someone used a key card on a room even though there weren't any guests staying in the hotel so creepy i mean yeah that does seem really creepy Uh, and then the and then it's like after the officers left they were like oh we'll show you call the police yeah yeah pretty much that sounds like some jacked up ghost shit right there i mean really oh that's a creepy story yeah well glad glad i don't work at that hotel happy halloween All right. Well, that was our first creepy story of this episode. The next one is about a local pub that is haunted by prisoners of the past. (laughs) All right. Hi, everybody. It's me, Jess, and I'm here with my friend Lauren, and she's going to tell us a spooky story about a local business here in our hometown. So, so Lauren, say hi. Hi, everybody. I'm Lauren. I've known Jess for a while. Um, I'm besties for the resties. (laughs) We taught together, and I'm a PE teacher. She was the art teacher, so we spent a lot of time together and just always became... Yeah, we became friends. Best friends, and ever since then... Gotta have that person to lean on whenever you're having a stressful day. Yeah. (laughs) Especially with children. Yeah, we were were (laughs) each other's work wives, so... It's very true. Yes. So she's going to tell us a spooky story from my October episode. So go ahead and give us some background. Tell us, where are we? What what happened? So in college, I used to work at a pub that is in downtown Savannah. Okay, it's on Bull Street. It's called Sixpence Pub. It's like an older place. It's um, a British pub. So it's It's very, it's very good. (laughs) It is actually really good. I still go and eat there because I love the food so much. Um, But it's really small place. We only had like 16 tables Um, a lot of them were two tops all that stuff but before all of it became a business things like that way back in the day in like the 1800s because the building was so old It used to actually be an old debtor's jail. Mm -hmm. So when people wouldn't pay their debts, things like that, they would go to this jail and then they wouldn't get out until either their family could pay it or they would die there. Mm -hmm. So it has so much history. You even go downstairs is where the main kitchen is, where everything gets cooked. And then you bring it to the upstairs kitchen for it to be prepared for the guests and that's where like the waitresses go in and out I hosted for a couple years and then I waitressed for the last couple years I was okay. there so like you worked there for a total of, like five four five yeah yeah like five years mm-hmm. okay five okay. years um and then I did like bartend a couple times mm-hmm. but I just didn't want to have to be there that late especially in college mm-hmm. and stuff so I mostly just waitress but there 
you know, when you go down the stairs, like I was saying, and you have the regular kitchen, you actually keep going around the corner, mm-hmm. okay, and there's our beer freezer, okay. and then you keep going around, and then it's like, it literally looks like old cells, like right? prison cells? Like prison cells, but oh, they were wow. wooden. The doors are even like arched, like how you would see. Really? Like, yeah. That's so They're cool. like arched, like everything that you see like in movies and things. I would things. love to go down there and take pictures. It's really cool. It's actually really like cool. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where we kept all of our paper products, extra things, you know, all of our stocking stuff. Um, for the waitresses like and then we did dressings downstairs and we had two fridges in the corner as well um but there's always you know noises down there you can always hear things um I really hated like going to when you walked back there you could go to the left or right the right was where all the waitresses would go the left is kind of like where you would keep the beer and stuff that didn't have to be chilled and stuff um that could just stay out oh like like a storage area yeah a storage area Mm -hmm. but then you go around even a deeper corner and and then it's another little area that we kept random stuff in as you like go around are you like going into a hole like I'm imagining (laughs) like a spiral hole it's kind of like you just go around and then it's kind of like a long T almost this Uh way like straight and then it just has one little area off to the side okay so it's just like one hallway like a cellar yeah kind of yeah okay like an old timey cellar yes like where you just walk in and then it's like straight and you have a bunch of different areas okay um but I hated going over there because it was always way more drafty oh so So you mean like cold yes oh so it was like colder but it was like a different type of cold where like it, you could tell it wasn't from AC. Yeah. You couldn't, like, it was like cold spots. Yes. Oh, Lord. It was just like drafty <laughs> where you were just like, That's this spooky. is weird. Yeah. Um, and there's been a lot of people who said they've seen people, especially like this older woman who would like wear the colonial dress. Oh. Like she's very pretty. And they see her down but, there? And they see her down there oh, because wow. um, I think her husband was in the old debtor's jail so she still goes to check to see if he's there that's kind of a sweet story (laughs) yeah so um you could always feel her you know uh while we were doing dressings and stuff you kind of like feel something watching you um i never actually saw her but like you could definitely feel that something was with you she's probably the cold spell she's probably the cold spot exactly so it was just weird you'd always be like what is that and then it of course i never got to see it but and then so upstairs um (laughs) if you ever go in the hostess stand is right when you go in Mm -hmm. okay behind it is this big like cherry um cherry wood uh like cabinet yeah okay where it shows a bunch of like uh british like memorabilia oh okay we have a churchill statue okay we always say that it's possessed because he (laughs) is we face him out but he always puts his nose in the corner so he will face all the way around it turns by itself and it turns by itself and we always think it's like from people moving but nothing else in the cabinet moves moves. just him just him just churchill just churchill and he turns and faces the corner it's like he's being disapproving of Uh something so yeah so every now and then we'd have to open up the cabinet to turn him back around wait the cabinet has a door on it yeah so it can't be a draft of the door no that's 
fascinating. <laughs> so yeah, you have to have a key and everything oh to get gosh. into it. Like, and we would always lock it because yeah. we didn't want people to go in and like yeah. take yeah our stuff. And so if somebody was messing with you, they would probably be seen because it would take right. a minute exactly. to lock and do it. Exactly. So it's not like just somebody did it all no. willy nilly. Wow. No. That's yeah. creepy. Yeah. So he would like be facing forward one day, and then like I'd go yeah. in two days later, and he'd be like facing the corner. Uh, <laughs> like disapproval. That's creepy. Yeah. That's creepy and funny. It's like he's like, uh, you're American. Exactly. But. Like, or he's, just, you know, or yeah. just, yeah, trying to get out of there. I don't wow. know. But yeah, we always said that he was like possessed by something because he would be the only thing that moved, moved. in the entire cabinet. That's creepy. Only thing. <laughs> So, you were telling me a little bit ago when we were talking about this that um, there's something that happens with the bathroom. Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> the thing that happened with me, like, I never got to, like, see him, but there was a guy that likes to mess with the girl's bathroom when girls are in there. So, he's just, like, one of the old debtors a guy is what goes. we think. He's a guy ghost. Okay. For sure, because yeah. he wants people to walk in on women. <laughs> so, we think he's just trying to, like, yeah, you know, just get kind of people a- to get a look. Interesting. So he's just kind of like a, a um, what you call it, a prankster. Yes. Oh, okay. He's like a prankster. So one day I was sitting in there doing my business, yeah. right? Like had tables, so I was trying to go fast. Um, and so I sat down, and I know I locked the door because I checked before I sat because uh-huh. we only have one bathroom. So right. like you have to lock the door because right. somebody will just walk in on yes. you. And so we have a, one girl, one boy. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Are you talking about those two bathrooms that are right beside the bar? Like yes. the end of the bar? Yes, okay, yes, I've been yes, in yes. those bathrooms. Okay. They're right before you go into the kitchen. Yes. They're to the left, right behind like the waitress's station. Okay. So he's there. And so I'm, you know, doing my business, like I said. All of a sudden the lights flicker and the door handle like moves. Shook. Right? And I was like, I think we called him Billy or something. <laughs> like I don't completely Billy. remember, but we had a name for him. Yeah. And I was like, Billy, are you serious right now? <laughs> and I go and I check the door and it was unlocked. Oh my gosh. So he totally tried he to prank it. me. Yeah. yeah. He tried, totally tried to get Billy. some other person to walk in on me. Billy the sixpence prankster, prankster ghost. So yeah, he does that. And from time to time, like he would do it to other people as well. I was well. about to say, so have you had other people tell yes. you the same story? They'd be like, I locked the door. I checked and like. And somebody walked in on yes. it because the door yes. wasn't locked. Right. Because he unlocked it. Yeah. That little prankster ghost. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he tried to do it to me, but he got the lights to flicker, so. That's scary and creepy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, you are nasty. <laughs> you are nasty. <laughs> you nasty man. Mm. Well, so, yeah, they definitely have some spirits. I've never felt, like, in danger. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, you can definitely tell, like, they're... Um, not demented, but like <laughs> they're sad. They're depressed. Yeah, you know they're what I mean? Sad. You can tell yeah. that, you know, I mean, they, they obviously died in jail. Yeah. So yeah. it wasn't very pleasant. Yeah. A debtor's, well, and so when she's talking about a debtor's prison, that's what the colony of Savannah was. Mm-hmm. It was founded as a debtor's prison, and they sent all of their debtors from, it was a debtor's prison, like people who, um, 
couldn't pay their fines. Right. So if they couldn't pay their fine or whatever, they sent them here to the Americas as punishment. Yes. So, and I'm sure a lot of them were taken from their families and brought here. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. So no wonder they're depressed. Yeah. Yeah. So they basically, you know, just stayed there. And I mean, if you go into these cells, like, they're tiny. Yeah. Like, we put some shelves in there, but with the shelves, I mean, it was almost a tight squeeze for me. And I'm not that big. No, you're not. So it's like, (laughs) I was like, geez. And I do understand, like, back in the 1800s, people were way smaller. Yeah. Anyways, in general. Um, Oh, yeah, they were. But... Well, do you it's think... Just, I mean, I would go stir-crazy because yeah. they're tiny. Yeah. Like, there's no going back from it. Ugh. So. That's awful. Do you think that... Um, do you think... Is it Sandra? Yes. Do you think that Sandra will let me go look at that stuff and take pictures and, like, sit in there for a little while? <laughs> I mean, I could talk to her. She, okay. she might let you, actually. Cool. All right. If I mm-hmm. tell her. Let me know. Let me know, guys, in the comments below this uh, episode and on my Facebook and... TikTok and all the apps, as I say. Let me know if y'all want to hear that as a bonus situation. I'll I'll go up in there and brave the creep. So <laughs> and I'll and I'll ask if I can go with you so I yeah. can show you like how it's drafty and like everything. Um, yeah. And like we have haunted ghost tours that actually start at Sixpence. Oh, okay. Haunted pub crawls. Neat. And you go down to different. You go around to all the different pubs that have haunted ghost stories, mm-hmm. and it starts at Sixpence. Yeah. Well, there's. So many there are so many haunted places in Savannah. Oh yeah. For so, sure. Yeah, I've been I've only I mean I've lived here my whole life and I've only been to one on one ghost tour and I like I was like actually this this happened person because he didn't know all the stuff but you know I try not to be a jerk or whatever about it of course but I have felt I don't I mean I'm, I don't I feel like I'm kind of sensitive not super sensitive but I have felt more ghosts here than I ever felt in New Orleans really yeah and you know New Orleans is supposed to be like mm-hmm. the scariest and ghostly place ever oh yeah I only had one little experience there but it wasn't any different than I had here mm-hmm. so I so, um, I didn't even tell you this. I have a ghost that lives at my house. Right now like in here. this room we're in? Yeah. He lives Ooh. above us. Oh. So, so yeah, we're in this. Uh, she lives in um old, well, was it a mansion? It's, yeah, it's called the Tondi House. Okay. So, it's basically just a house that I'm guessing the Tondi family yeah. owned. Mm-hmm. And they turned it into apartments. Right. So, um, and you can tell, I mean, it's a huge there's place. A lot of we old have houses. 12 yeah. apartments in this yeah. place. There's a lot of old houses in Savannah that do that. Like mm-hmm. the family sells them and they're really old. So what does the ghost upstairs do? So <laughs> when I start cooking and things like that, he likes to make his presence known in the kitchen and he'll flicker the light. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll talk to him for a minute and I tell him, hey. <laughs> um, I've never felt like scared. scared or spooked off like he's very nice mm-hmm. um i can always i can hear him upstairs um and all that's above me is an attic like nobody goes Whoa. up there it's just an attic but you can hear footsteps and stuff can you sometimes. get to the attic mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. in the hallway huh do people have their stuff up there not that I know of. The only time I've ever had people go up there or I've seen people go up there is when, like, they were checking my AC and stuff. And they, yeah. that's where it's at. Right. Well, interesting. But, so, you hear, like, you hear, like, him walking around. Uh-huh. So. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, my cats will sit there and stare. Oh, and they'll I... actually... 
Like, and it's not like looking at one spot. They'll actually like follow the, follow footsteps. the footsteps as he's walking across. Yeah. That's creepy as hell. Yeah. I hate it when my cat just stare at something I can't see. It makes me so mad. And I'm like, is it a bug or something else? I know. Like, I'm always you? like, what's up there? <laughs> um, because, you know, they see oh and gosh. understand more than we do with the Yeah, I know. Well, stuff. yeah, they, you know, I, I read about them and stuff. We, we have cats. We're cat people. And so um, I was reading about how they can see like our our spectrum of light that we see mm-hmm. is not as strong as theirs. Right. So they can see like dust particles floating in the air everywhere yes. and we can't see it. Right. So I'm always like, what do you see that I can't see? I know. <laughs> so. And I just, uh, my first couple nights when I just had my one cat, his name is Wilmington or as Jess calls him, one-eyed Willie. <laughs> he has two eyes. He has he two eyes. He does have two eyes, but I just <laughs> like calling him one-eyed Willie. <laughs> so it's funny. He loves his aunt Jess. But, yeah, he would definitely just watch and look up above in the ceiling, and I would hear noises, and I'd be like, yep, somebody's up there. Like, there's somebody there. Wow. (sighs) Well. But, yeah, I get, you know, and a lot of times people say, like, the flicker of light is a presence. Yeah, they're trying to um, make it known. Yeah, manifest their their energy or whatever. I was like, what do they call it in those ghost shows? But, yeah, so he always makes my kitchen lights flicker when I'm cooking. (sighs) Creepy, I don't know you have one here. I'm excited that I'm in the ghost house or whatever. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, and like I said, though, like, if it was, if I ever felt threatened or whatever, like, I would not live here. Like, I'm not cool with that. Do you know any other, like, I'm going to probably look up history and probably share it. Mm -hmm. Do you, um, do you know anything else? Like, it's just the Tondi family? That's, that's all I know. It's just the Tondi house. Is there a plaque outside? I thought there is. It's in the, uh, where you came in. Okay, I'm going to Where my, um, mailbox is. Okay. All right, I'm going to look at it and take a picture of it and share it on the podcast and stuff. So, But, yeah, so yeah. there's definitely something or someone mm. that right. is above us. And, I mean, I don't really, you know, talk to my neighbors. I know them, and we'll say, hey, when we see each other, mm-hmm. but we don't, like, hang out. What so. do you mean you're not like, hey, did you hear the ghost? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, the first thing I don't want to say is, hey, does he walk in your apartment, too? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, that just makes me look crazy. But... <laughs> Um, no, but yeah, he's always been really nice and, um, I feel like he kind of, in a weird way, watches over me. Oh, that's Um, a nice feeling. So, um, you know, I feel like he's, it's like more of a, like, fathering, like, thing, you know? Like, hey, I see you're cooking and, like, it smells good. I'm like, thank (laughs) you. Maybe he wants a bite. (laughs) A bite of your food, not of your blood. Of course. Right. Right. He's not a vampire ghost. (laughs) No. But, yeah, so there's definitely something in this building. Well, thank you for sharing all that with me. I can't wait for the people to hear it. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that story from Lauren. I wanted to pop in and say that uh, I misspoke when I was speaking about the debtors' colony, and I was saying that when people couldn't pay their fines, they were sent to the colonies. What I meant to say is when they couldn't pay their taxes in England, they were sent to uh, a debtors' colony, colony like Savannah, Georgia. Um, 
Also, I looked up some information about the Tondi house, which is where Lauren was discussing the ghost she has in her apartment. And um, I couldn't find any um, connection to the Tondi house that she lives in on Thomas Square to Peter Tondi, who was a revolutionary, um, I I guess... I don't want to say hero, a revolutionary figure uh, in Savannah, Georgia during that time. Um, and he built a, a, they call it the Tondi Long Room. He built it here in Savannah. It's a, it's a tavern now. And it was a tavern then, but um, it's kind of historically famous. Um, but that is, as far as I can t- tell from my research, Peter Tondi and the Tondi House in which Lauren lives in uh, and the Thomas Square Streetcar Historic District in Savannah is not connected in any way. Um, Her house was built in 1939 and um, at some point it became uh, apartment uh, condos um, instead of one big mansion. So anyway, I just wanted to pop in and um, tell you all that information and we will be segueing into our next segment, which is a very short uh, little story from my friend Regina about a uh, bed and breakfast that she used to work in here in Savannah. I hope you enjoy it. Savannah. I've been enamored with Savannah since I was a little girl. So I moved down in about 2000 to do my undergrad. And I got a job at the Kehoe House, a bed and breakfast on Columbia Square. It was gorgeous. High ceilings, wood carvings everywhere, great rooms. And it wasn't long before I started hearing guests tell stories. One guest had woken up in the morning to her husband shaving in the sink and he said, Lazy Bones, it's time to get up. And she responded, I'm not going anywhere. Before she could roll back over, the bed started to shake violently beneath her. Needless to say, she got out quick enough. I had other guests tell me that they were awakened in the middle of the night with kids running up and down the hall, giggling and playing. But we didn't allow children at the Kehoe house. As the stories continued to come in, I began to feel a little left out. I was often there alone. 2 to 10 p.m. was my shift. And the house actually had a warmth to it. I never felt alone. There was no eeriness in the air. It was simply a house well lived in. One evening I had gone into the master bedroom that faced the square to do turn down service for guests who had taken a carriage ride. I was alone and as I knelt down at the foot of the bed, I heard a great big over my right shoulder. I jumped. I knew I was alone in the house, but I got up and went out into the hall anyway, searched through each bedroom just to be sure. 
and I kind of smiled to myself. They were letting me know that I wasn't left out. I was a part of the house, the home, the family. I couldn't help but giggle a little bit. It felt good to be a part of the Kehoe House history, to have an experience where I knew the house was well-lived, legitimately haunted, and yet warm and welcoming all at the same time. All ghost stories are not scary. Sometimes those souls just want to have a good time. want to give a shout out to my friend Regina Hansen who just told the story of the Kehoe House. She is an amazing writer and storyteller. Um, I met her years ago at um, Armstrong Atlantic State University which is now Georgia Southern University here in Savannah. She was there getting a BA in American History and I met her through uh, some friends and a couple of art classes. Anyway um, she is a writer that incorporates a conversational tone that affords the reader a more intimate experience. Her writing genres include historical historical documentaries, cultural studies, children's books, memoirs, blogs, and general content. She has uh, written two books that are currently available on Amazon. The first one is called Racism, The Real Reason I Left the South, and the second is called Sexual Intellectual Female. Again, and like I said, both available on Amazon. Currently, she is working on a project called Black Entertainment in 20th Century America. Regina is a music lover and a nature observer. She finds inspiration in both, as well as cultural circumstances and societal needs. Um, she's just, like I said, a really great writer and storyteller. So I really wanted her to share the Kehoe House story with her or with us. So uh, I hope that you guys go and check out her. Her, her written work and the things that she does because like I said she's just a real smart fun lady who can really tell a story Well, I don't know about you, but I found those stories to be pretty spooky. I hope you guys join us in a couple of weeks for the second part of this series where we're sharing more spooky stories as we grow closer to the Halloween season. Uh, And also, if you have comments or stories to share, you can DM me uh, on the Order of the Day Instagram or Facebook. And you can also leave comments or share stories at Tooted with Jen. Uh, at gmail.com that's t-o-o-t-d with jess at gmail.com i would love to hear your stories and share them on the air um so yeah please join us uh here with the order of the day with jess and i hope to talk to you guys later bye